Well, hello there, church family. It's once again Wednesday, and we find ourselves with another opportunity to have the Word of God speak truth into our lives. Uh, and today is Wednesday, May the 5th of 2021. And before we do uh, finish out this part two of crying out to God of the Bible in Psalm 119, 145 to 152, let's commit our time to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Father, we thank you for uh, this new day. We thank you for your watch care over us. We thank you that uh, your word will uh, will and continue to speak truth into our lives each and every day. And we thank you for the privilege of being able to spend these moments together and ask that your spirit would teach us, uh, that the spirit would mold us and would give us the ability to uh, effect the change that needs to happen in our lives as a result of our time together. In your word today, in Jesus' name, amen. So as we uh, finish out this section, uh, the one entitled uh, Kof, uh, in your uh, Bible there, uh, verses 145 to 152, let me reread this section. It says, With my whole heart I cry, answer me, O Lord, I will keep your statutes. I call to you, save me, that I may observe your testimonies. I rise before dawn and cry for help. I hope in your words. My eyes are awake before the watches of the night, that I may meditate on your promise. Hear my voice according to your steadfast love, O Lord. According to your justice, give me life. They draw near who persecute me with evil purpose. They are far from your law. But you are near, O Lord, and all your commandments are true. Long have I known from your testimonies that you have founded them forever. Well, today we pick up with verse 148 and 149 uh, as we continue on in this uh, psalm. And the thing I want you to notice here as we begin uh, unpacking verse 148, he says, My eyes are awake before the watches of the night, that I may meditate on your promise. We see the psalmist not only saw the benefit, uh, as we saw in the previous section, of rising before the dawn and crying out for help to God uh, in hope uh, that he would uh, find himself faithful, but he also takes comfort in the fact that he is staying awake through the watches of the night to meditate on God's word. So the psalmist is realizing that there is no point uh, in the day or night that is not appropriate for him to meditate on or to take in or allow the word of God, God's truth, to speak into his life. That there's not a point at which God is going to not be available. That you're not going to get a busy signal with God. Uh, and what he does is he, he um, takes and says there that I may meditate on your promise. Um, he's, he's meditating with the purpose of having God's word in part and speak into every aspect of his everyday experience, whether it's morning, noon, or night. And the thing is, is Jesus even showed us the importance of praying this way. As he uh, uh, says, uh, in, it says in Mark chapter 1, verse 35, uh, speaking of Jesus, And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. We also find in Luke chapter 6, verse 12, that in these days he went out to the mountain to pray, and all night he continued in prayer to God. So even Jesus, as he walked the earth, uh, gave us a, a, a beautiful picture of the importance of praying this way, 
that there is uh, a, a good thing for us to wake up in a spirit of prayer. It is good for us uh, uh, at times to spend all night praying to God because uh, sometimes the situation dictates it, but other times it says that we're, we're desiring and we're thirsting for God so much that we want to spend that precious time with him in prayer. Well, verse 149 goes on to uh, say, Hear my voice according to your steadfast love. See, the psalmist is once again not calling on God to do something that is contrary to his nature. He is calling on God to respond according to his steadfast love. But what is his steadfast love? That's his goodness and his mercy. Because the psalmist realizes that, that God is the one who is going to impart that goodness from God's character to give goodness into the, the life of the psalmist. And to be merciful with him, because we know as we've, we've looked over all the previous sections that there was times when the psalmist was, was struggling, uh, where he needed God to act in a merciful way. But he, he balances that out. Uh, as he finishes out verse 149 after, you know, uh, saying, hear my voice according to your steadfast love. So in other words, God, listen to me because I know you're good and I know you're merciful. He says, oh, Lord, according to your justice, give me life. So he balances out God's steadfast love with his justice. See, the psalmist is acknowledging who he is before God. And he's calling on the creator as the one who is the created to speak uh, into his life that goodness, that mercy, but also to do it in a just way. Not to do something contrary to his nature, not to let him get off the hook, as it were, uh, if he is in a, at a point where he needs to have God be merciful uh, or to be justice, uh, just to him in his situation. See, the thing is, is God has given us the ability uh, through his son to have bold access to the throne. Paul in Ephesians chapter 3, uh, as he speaks to being a minister of the gospel and of, of the gift of God's grace, uh, which uh, was given to him uh, by the working of God's power in his life. Uh, he says in verse 8, To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given, to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God, who created all things, so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. And verse 11 says, This was according to the eternal purpose that he had realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom, so in Christ, we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So Paul in Ephesians 3 and the psalmist here in Psalm 119, uh, 149 is you know, proclaiming forth uh, the truth that we have the ability with confidence and boldness to gain access into the very throne room of God, not because of who we are, because of who brings us to that point. It is Jesus Christ. It's in him, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And he says here uh, uh, at the end of verse 149, he says, O Lord, according to your justice, give me life. That phrase, give me life, can actually be translated to revive or to quicken. 
And so he's calling on God to, in his mercy and in his goodness, to, you know, as it were, pump into his Christian life the, the very life and the very truth and the very reality that everything that is of this eternal purpose that has been realized in Christ uh, because of the relationship that he has with God, that that would quicken him to be able to live in such a way that others will see, that it will be a testimony to God's steadfast love in his own life. And then uh, the psalm section here finishes out with verses 150 to 152. Verse 150 says, They draw near who persecute me with evil purpose. They are far from your law. We'll notice there that uh, those who persecute the psalmist are those who are far from God's law. Well, see, we know what God's law does. We know what the truth does. The truth reveals evil. God's law will show evil men their evil deeds. And so it's not a, a, a coincidence. It's not something that should be, uh, you know, uh, unknown is the fact that those who persecute him because he is a believer in God, because he lives for God, because he is meditating on the promises of God uh, from the, 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 you know, before the dawn to the watches of the night, that there's going to be people that are going to persecute him. And of course, they're going to do so with evil purpose because they, they want him to stumble and to fall, to be uh, part of their, you know, futile existence. But they are the ones that are far from God's law. And the interesting thing is, is verse uh, 151, he doesn't just leave this here because these, these two verses kind of, uh, they couple together uh, because they're, they're drawn together by the word, but uh, as you see there in verse 151, it says, but you are near, O Lord, and all your commandments are true. So do you notice the, the, the parallel, but also the, the separation that is here in these two verses? Because they draw near who persecute him. But God is near, you know, but you are near. So the psalmist enemies are drawing in, they're, they're drawing in closer. They are the ones that are far from God's law, but God is right there with the psalmist. And he is right there as the one who is true. The one who is not going to mislead him, that is not going to cause him to stumble and fall, that is always going to be speaking that truth into his life. See, God is near to those who belong to him. You know, sometimes we do stumble and fall and our sins do cause uh, our, our walk with God to be hindered. But that does not change who God is and it does not change uh, the fact that God is near uh, to us because he is not going to separate himself from those whom he loves. It reminded me of the, the words in Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 6. Uh, where it says, be strong and courageous, do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. And also in Isaiah 41.10, it says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And see, these affirmations that we see in the, um, uh, from the uh, book of Deuteronomy as well as from Isaiah are a testimony to the things that God will do in relation to those who belong to him. And that his righteous right hand is going to be the very thing that actually does that, his omnipotent right hand. 
Uh, and it's interesting that, you know, as we looked at the first section, is that uh, he uh, kept God's statutes, he observed his testimonies, and he hoped in God's words. Uh, and knowing that God, calling out for God to, um, to answer him, to save him, uh, and to uh, um, help him. And all those things here we see in those verses in Deuteronomy and Isaiah speaking uh, to that reality that God will do those things. And it made me also think about um, uh, the song, God is Always Near Me. Uh, Philip Bliss, who wrote songs that we sing like Wonderful Words of Life and Hallelujah, What a Savior, also penned the words of God is Always Near Me. It says, God is always near me, hearing what I say, knowing all my thoughts and deeds, all my work and play. God is always near me in the darkest night. He can see me just the same as by midday light. God is always near me, though so young and small, not a look or word or thought, but God knows it all. And see, those words are a comfort to each and every believer that it doesn't matter what time of day it is. It doesn't matter what set of circumstances we find ourselves in, uh, that God does know it all and God will speak that truth into our lives. And the psalmist wraps up this section with verse 152. Uh, as he you know, brings forth this, this final uh, truth where it says, Long have I known your testimonies that you have founded them forever. The last thought here is to remember that nothing changes the eternal word of God. Uh, there is, uh, are always applicable and readily available things that God is going to teach us. Uh, and we can see this actually through the, the entire section here as the, the psalmist speaks to the fact that God's word does not change by what we see him doing in his actions. Back at verse 145, what is he doing in response to the fact that God's word does not change, that it is eternal, uh, and that he, he has known God's testimonies? He's seen God work it out? Well, he's continuing to show that in his actions as he believes with his whole heart in, one, in 145. In verse 146, he does so by calling out to God to save him. In verse 147, uh, he does so as he hopes before the dawn. Uh, Verse 148, as he meditates through the watches of the night. Verse 149, as he acknowledges the steadfast love of God. Verse 150, as he sees man's rejection of God's law. In verse 151, he remembers that God is near and speaks truth. And finally, in verse 152, God's word is known to him. So we see all of those things working out. We see his action in the faith that he has in God, that he has tasted and seen that God is good. He's experienced it. And that experience is what continues to foster an environment where he can continue to trust in the God who does not change, whose word is eternal and which will always be applicable and readily available to speak truth into his life. Let's bow for a closing word of prayer. Father, we thank you for uh, this truth today. We thank you for this section uh, as we see the psalmist working out uh, his faith before you as he embraces the truth that he knows about you, that he has experienced about you, and does so in action before you. 
Uh, And Lord, I pray that you would give each and every one of our church family today the ability to do the very same thing, to take your promises and embrace them and make them part of who they are, that the truths that you give to us through your word may resonate uh, in our actions in a fallen and sinful world, that it would guard our ears against those things which would cause us uh, to walk away from you, uh, to, to focus on other things, that it would uh, speak uh, truth through the lips uh, as we speak uh, from our hearts, uh, because we know it is out of uh, our hearts that the mouth speaks. Uh, and Lord, we know that your, your truth can speak into every area of our life, that it is uh, sufficient, more than sufficient, uh, to, to do what it needs to do in each and every one of our lives today. And we're thankful for that, and we ask that you would help us to see that reality today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless you, church family, uh, as we find ourselves uh, in this first week of May, uh, and we look forward to worshiping again with you on Sunday.